Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Carol is the executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, a graduate of Trinity University, and got a master's degree from the University of the Incarnate Word here in San Antonio in gerontology, social gerontology. Social gerontology. When you work for a medical group, you know, with WellMed, I have to be very careful because I do not want to pretend like or masquerade as a physician. In the physician world, that's somebody else. Yeah, they take that very seriously. They do take that seriously. If you, you know, after my son became a physician and I understood how many years, literally year, right. a decade to right. grow a doctor, um, I understand why they don't want somebody to get in two years. No. <laughs> No, and they react that way, but such is life, right? Such is life. And, and we have a special guest coming on who you are familiar with. You've heard her speak. Cindy Hounsel uh, is the uh, uh, president of the Washington, D.C.-based Women's Institute for a Secure Retirement. I love the acronym WISER, a nonprofit organization founded in 1996 to improve opportunities for women to secure retirement income and to educate the public about the inequities that disadvantage women in retirement. And she's got a bunch of credentials and we'll leave those for later or the show will be over. Well, that's it. You know, and Cindy is absolutely one of my favorite people. I haven't heard her speak one time. I go any chance I get um, because, you know, Cindy, welcome to the show. Uh, we're, we're happy to have you and for you to share good information about the difficulties uh, facing women uh, in terms of income in later life. Well, thanks to both of you for having me. Um, I'm really pleased to be here. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's an enormous issue, and it's been growing for a long time. <laughs> and I myself was a caregiver for two parents before I knew anything. Um, but I did know about the Area Agency on Aging, and that opened everything up <laughs> for me. So what um, what kind of care were you providing for your parents? Well, long distance, because I'm an only child, and my dad got sick, and he'd been the caregiver for my mother for, you know, a number of, like, our whole, my whole life. She was, she had five open heart surgeries before they even, you know, started doing heart surgeries back in the day. And um, so, anyway, when, you know, I was a caregiver as a child, I always say, like, at two, two, I I got up on the chair, she told me what to do, and I got her a glass of water, and I got her her pills and got off the chair and was able to bring it to the bed, you know, so that she could take her medication. And um, well, my and dad was in the, the military, and, you know, it was a different world. Well, you know, that's fascinating because we don't talk about how many children are actually caregivers as well. And when you have a, a parent who has a disability or an illness and that, you know, climb up on the chair and do this for me. You fall into that role. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. you grow up and you don't know any difference until you maybe go next door. <laughs> right. And so anyway, you know, my dad, my dad got sick first, of course, which happens to a lot of caregivers. And, um, and so I was doing this uh, long distance, but I was really fortunate that um, it, it was interesting. They lived in a retirement community, and people would say things which was which were really funny. Um, 
the daughter's there now. She knows everything. She's from Washington. Well, oh. The daughter knew nothing, but the daughter <laughs> knew. She knew the area agency on aging, and she knew the elder care locator, so that put me, you know, ahead of the crowd. So what are, what are those two things that you just listed? Um, the Area Agency on Aging, they're like an organization that's pretty much all over the country, and they help people, like they have all the resources in your community. They can help you find a geriatrician, um, you, you name it. Right, um, so that's... A, not, that's not your... everywhere, but I'm just saying, like, that that's the place. And it's one of the things that I think people all oftentimes will tune out when they hear, oh, I don't have, you know, I don't have uh, long-term care insurance, and so I don't know, you know, I can't plan. How do I plan? Well, you can plan because you can find out what all the resources are in your community, of which there are often many that people are just not aware of. Right, so the Area Agencies on Aging actually have a National Family Caregiver Support Program. So in addition to all the resources for older persons um, age 60 and over, they have the resources for caregivers and the elder care locator, which they recently changed the address to eldercare.gov slash ACL, they put a slash ACL at the end of it, um, will automatically route you to your local uh, area agency on aging and resources, and you can search online. So, Cindy, you are way ahead of the game by naming both of those. You win the gold star for the day. Hang on just a second. (laughs) I want to remind folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernial, and then our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline stretching all the way to Washington, D.C. We're talking with Cindy Hounsel, who is the uh, president of a group called WISER, the Women's Institute for Secure Retirement. So tell us about WISER. What is it? Well, WISER was founded to basically help women pay attention to their finances, um, of which nobody was really paying attention to it. And I, I was uh, looking at statistics when I first got into this, and someone you know, from a large research organization said, well, the dirty secret is that all the older women end up in poverty. And so um, that's pretty much why we were started. Uh, I went to a foundation after answering a letter in uh, Women's Day magazine, and they got the largest response. This was back in the 90s, the largest response in the history of the magazine, which was over 100 years old. Wow. And, um, and does it, so does then, it still exist, Women's Day? No. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. It's, it's, uh, Ooh, sorry, it's a supermarket, you know. I'm not trying to give an ad for them. I'm no, just no, I just like haven't they. seen That's them. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen them in such a long time. Yeah, they're there. And they had, it was just a simple question. A woman said, you know, I... I don't know what to do. Uh, Social Security has stolen one of my retirement benefits. My husband just died. And so I thought, well, this is pretty understandable. Like, why are widows poorer? Because nobody knows that when, you know, one person dies, then the other person has to get whichever benefit was larger, but they don't get two any longer. So you've got a significant drop in income. It's a penalty. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and, yeah. and people don't understand Social Security. They don't understand Medicare. They don't understand the public benefits. But, um, you know, so with all this confusion and you add caregiving on top of it, what is it like financially for someone, for a woman in particular, who decides to take on caregiving, especially full time? Oh, well, you know, that's an enormous uh, risk, I think, especially in, you know, the world we live in today, because if you have a job and you have benefits 
um, and then you give all of that up, and you're not, you know, receiving any income uh, unless you're receiving it from the family. Uh, what what do you do? Or you have a spouse, um, you know, who needs your full-time care. Um, it's pretty difficult. And, you know, when you look at where, you know, the loss is for women as far as Social Security, retirement accounts, and all of that, I mean, it adds up to an enormous amount of money, several hundred thousand dollars. And every year, caregivers spend, even if they're not full-time caregivers, they spend out-of-pocket over $7,000. And I, so, think, I think the number that I saw, the last t- number I saw for uh, when you give up the benefits and the retirement income, it's around $303,000. That you right. lose. That you lose right. over the course yep. of a lifetime, which I know yep. I, d- I don't have that in my pocket to put on the table <laughs> and just say, give it away. Right. So a lot of times people call because they're looking for resources and they're asking, you know, should I leave my job or try to work part-time or what what can I do? And if you can work part-time, it clearly makes a huge difference. And I think the first thing is the the groups that we were just talking a little bit about, you know, the area agencies on aging and the government resources and elder care locator and all those things, you have to exhaust those resources. Part of the problem is that people don't, don't even know where to start but they are so grateful when they start getting that information. So I think, you know, what you all are doing is so important. And and the other thing that we don't often mention in terms of that loss of income, it's loss of potential Social Security income. Oh. Benefits. Yeah. They're gone. That's why women, right. And, and, you know, the numbers now, it used to be women were out of the workforce even longer, over 12 years, but now it's down to about nine years uh, that women spend out of the paid workforce, and so, you know, even with that, you're, you know, you're missing out on on a lot of benefits for Social Security with it, where you're going to have zeros um, to to add up your benefits. Right. So, so the you, a, you you talked about it, you know, what it that the dirty secret was: women in old age end up in poverty, and so has that changed since 1996 when you started this work? Are women less likely to end up in poverty? No. I mean, pretty much what happens is that the older you get, the more likely you are to live in poverty. And the one thing that men have going for them, other than, you know, they go somewhere, you know, three years earlier than women do. We don't know, like to the big golf course in the sky, I guess. Yeah, they die. (laughs) They die, but nobody likes to hear that. (laughs) They meet their dogs at the Rainbow Bridge. But they, the, the, the other thing is that they get married. So I always tell the men, you know, if you have a pension, boy, you know, you better not tell anybody. <laughs> These women find out because they don't have resources. I, I, have, I have people that have told me I, my father can't go down and get his meal till 11 o'clock, you know, because all the women will come after him and then they'll be bringing him food, which sounds pretty good to me. I'll tell you but, a quick, you know, quick true story. My Uncle Sal, living in Florida in his 80s, his wife died in the apartment. There's a knock on the door. It's the woman across the hall. Sal, I hurried, heard about your wife. I'm so sorry. Are you free for dinner? Oh True story. <laughs> That's that, wonderful. Yeah, she's, I'll be telling that. And she still did that. She was still in the apartment. She was still in the apartment. apartment. They hadn't even picked up the body yet. No, the body was still there. Still there. Time for dinner. Well, you got to move fast when there's competition. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, um, 
Well, you know, I, I, I think that there's a there's a story to tell. I mean, maybe we discuss how we don't fall into these holes in later life as women. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zernil and our special guest on our Caregiver SOS on air hotline, Cindy Hounsel. At WellMed, we care about you. It shows in the way we take the time to get to know you, your history, your health goals, and everything that makes you, you. We'll help you feel your best through proven industry-leading care and advanced technology. We always strive to give you our full attention and deepest respect. Medicare annual enrollment period is October 15th through December 7th. Pick a plan that gives you access to WellMed doctors. Visit wellmedfindadoctor.com or call 844-439-7517. We thank you for listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline with Cindy Hounsel. Cindy serves as the president of the Washington, D.C.-based Women's Institute for a Secure Retirement, wiser in trying to work to uh, deal with the issue of women aging into poverty, which is so depressing. It's really hard to talk about it. Now, Cindy, I I note that uh, you have often testified before Congress and before other bodies in Washington, D.C. And, of course, it's interesting talking about women and and lack of resources and poverty in Congress. There are so few women members even today. What's that like for you, sitting in a hearing room looking at a bunch of old white guys? Um, Well, I think, you know, a lot of the old white guys care about the issues, too, because um, you know, a number of them have have even had you know they talk about their own caregiving with their with their elderly parents. So, you know, I think it's it's a different atmosphere. But I I think there's also been so much of an increase in uh, legislation, uh, caregiver credits for Social Security. You know, all sorts of all sorts of ways to help fix the problem. Not that they they pass. Um, but at least it's talked about in a way that it never was. Yeah, I don't want to let that so. slip by. What, what not, that they, not that they pass. That's right. kind of a key issue So there, there's been interesting yep. legislation introduced, but yet to be enacted. Right. But I think, you know, look, people are more, look at how many more people are, like, coming out as caregivers. I mean, you know, years ago, people didn't even know they were a caregiver. Um, someone I know said to me, um, he said, you know, I was at a meeting and I thought, boy, what do you mean you don't even know you're a caregiver? He said, and then someone put up like the, you know, the eight characteristics of being a caregiver. And he said, I realized, you know, I had been a caregiver for my wife who died of breast cancer. So he said, you know, I realized I was one of those people that never just kept doing it, running around, racing, you know, taking care of house and home and, and her as well. So, um, but more people. Um, are looking for solutions because these are really difficult positions to end up being in. And one one of the things I wanted to say was just, you know, we have sort of like these five steps that, you know, caregivers can can take to, you know, try to ensure their own well-being. And I, I think it's just paying attention to all of these things and stepping back for a minute and asking for help as well. Um, because there is help out there, but if you don't ask for it, you're not going to find it. And especially for you have a sibling, um, you know, who doesn't live in town and you're the person who takes care of everything, you need to, you need to find a way, um, and you may have several siblings that don't live in town, um, to help 
your siblings share with you um, the care. And so I, I don't know if anyone's talked on any of your show uh, shows about legal agreements for families and caregivers, the personal care agreements. Um, but that's something that interests a lot of people. Because, yeah, we have not talked about that. I like that. Yeah, so it, it helps people avoid family conflicts, you know, about who's going to be providing the care and how much they'll be paid and and then, you know, um, which types of services. And, and it can be used either for somebody, you know, who's outside the family, but especially it's good if one person is just sort of taking on the burden. And, and you know, what happens is, like, you get so caught up in it, you're not thinking, well, I should call my sister and tell her I need help or my brother, or you know, <laughs> who lives on the West Coast and I live on the East Coast. And so the timing doesn't even work. And so, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people say that it really makes a difference. It's new. But I think it just helps people feel like there's hope and somebody will help them. Well, and and I think that and just having something, you know, that's concrete uh, and an understanding and getting that out because it's the it's the you know, we all assume each other knows what we're thinking. Our family members, we're all on the same page, which can lead to some of the most, you know, families just tear themselves apart when they realize, especially where money is involved, they're not on the same page ever. Yep. So anyway, I think that's, you know, that's a new development and that's important and, you know, getting those documents um, in place, um, you know, for that everybody needs, you know, just all the all the advanced care directives and durable power of attorney and all that. But I think, you know, the personal care agreement, you know, really puts a a, like a focus on, you know, what should be happening here. Would you go Um, to an elder law attorney to get that personal care agreement crafted? Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you if you have access to that and you can afford an attorney, but there are you know there are um, there are like sort of uh, forms. I mean, not a real form, but you know forms with the the uh, description of what you need um, what you need to include in your own care agreement. And so you know that that's also just a possibility. And sometimes a few of the states in California they have that on their on their. Um, their website, uh, because I often tell people that it's really important to use the the documents for your state so that you make sure you've included whatever they say you're right. supposed to have included there. So I think people don't even know that those websites exist unless, you know, somebody tells you and you use it and it makes it easier. Right. And st- and those are state documents. They, they, are, they do differ by state. Well, you mentioned the five steps. So when you, you were talking about the five steps, what, what, what would you, what are you recommending? Well, stop and think about, you know, that's one of the first things we talked about was stop and think, you know, carefully about the consequences of leaving a full-time job or, or, you know, switching to part-time and, you know, what will happen from all of that reduced income, loss of health insurance and future benefits. And then, you know, looking for those other resources. Uh, Don't try to make yourself the only one responsible for providing the care. We've talked about that a lot. Um, You know, setting up the family care agreements, making a plan for someone to manage the money, um, and also saving for your own retirement, or or at least being aware that you need to be doing that. Um, And then, you know, your own, like, income and health care and you know will you have to move yourself because you're not going to have you know money after after taking all of this on and one of the reasons we started doing this in the first place was that um, women kept coming uh, to us and saying you know what I, I left my job I was a teacher and then I moved you know five states away to take care of my mom now 
there are no teaching jobs for, you know, people my age. I lost my pension. You know, all those things that people just, like, respond um, to the need, or a lot of women do anyway. Right. Um, but I, I think just thinking more and looking um, ahead, uh, that's what everybody says you're supposed to be doing, right? Planning ahead, planning for all of these things. Right. Um, and it's so and hard. That, you know, be, it's so hard during a crisis because you're, you're responding to the crisis and you're not really thinking about what does that mean for me in the long run. Yeah, it's usually moms in the ICU. Can you get here now? Exactly. Exactly. But that's one of the that's one of the reasons why we need to get out you know that information on I think the the you know who's available like the where can you get help when that happens, uh, which is why I'm a big fan of the elder care locator because if that happens that's the first call you need to make before you go make your plane reservation right you know how do I get help when I get there right and, um, and sometimes and, you can get the ball rolling even before you get there I know when my mother exactly. first was diagnosed with Alzheimer's you know I started lining up uh, assessments and and meals on wheels and those kinds of things even before I could get um, you know on the ground right and then you know if you can afford especially I think it's important with Alzheimer's um, and, d- and dementia uh, patients to get uh, really good financial planning. If you can afford a financial planner, that's, you know, that's half the game um, because, you know, a lot of financial planners are just learning, you know, these issues themselves. I mean, as they've become more prevalent, um, but finding somebody who specializes uh, for people with Alzheimer's or families who are trying to deal with those issues can make a huge difference because there are a lot of good planning things that you could do, you know, including, um, uh, sometimes people say, and I'm not trying to push any financial prod- products, but, you know, looking at are there assets in the house? Is there possibility for a reverse mortgage? Um, you know, do you, want, do you want to buy an annuity of some sort to give the basic income uh, so that, uh, you know, no one is, has access to stealing the money if there's just the money coming in to, to pay all the bills uh, or pay for the uh, assisted living or wherever the person might get moved to. So it, there's just lots of things to think about. Right. And, I, and I would en- I would even encourage people, you know, you, you're talking, if you have the money. So we often tell our caregivers, if you can. You know, it is worthwhile to get that, pay for an appointment with an elder law attorney to get your ducks in order, you know, pay for that, that planning for the, all the financial issues, um, because you're going to get that back three times over um, and, and by avoiding other legal costs and other battles and other heartache. I mean, it's just worth it to make that investment. Do-it-yourself does not always work for complicated issues. You know, and get the advance directive done, the medical power of the attorney. attorney done. And, and then the, all that planning, you know, if you're going to, uh, you think you're going to need Medicaid someday, uh, it's just worthwhile to invest in a reliable source of information. Right. And then I, the other thing I wanted to mention was that the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and we'll send you some documents that will have all of these resources if you, you know, want to put them. Yeah, we'd love to put them. Well, we'd love to put them on the website. Yeah, but the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has four wonderful um, uh, guides, basically called "Managing Someone Else's Money," and it just has for different positions, like whether you're a trustee or whether you're, you know, you become a. Um, um, now the name has gone out of my head, sorry. They, you know, uh, someone is put under yeah, right. your care. Right. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, and um, we we just started passing that out that that document out um, in our caregiver oh, okay. SOS. So it's a great resource. Yep. And then we we have ourselves with a lot of these resources there um, included that we've talked about something called financial steps for caregivers. What you need to know about protecting your money in retirement, and it's for mainly the caregiver and finding the programs that might have like the um, you know the reduced uh, pharmacy costs, things like that. Um, where where to get someone Medicare you know rights. Um, to help you find the best plans and things and what you should be doing. Let so, me ask you quickly, because we have about a minute left. Uh, okay. Are, are those documents uh, available on your website, and what is that website yep. address? Um, it's wiserwomen.org. W-I-S-E-R, wiserwomen.org. And, and there's a wealth of information on that website. So I, I always refer to the website that um, Cindy maintains. It's, it's really, really helpful. Hey, Cindy, it wasn't in my notes. I'm just curious. Where did you go to law school? Uh, City University of New York. Cool. Yeah, it was a, a new public law school. It was around five years old when I, um, and for, for myself, I had my own pension benefit frozen, and no one could explain what that meant. And uh, so uh, <laughs> the opportunity came to go to law school, and I thought, and, and good I for came you. to Washington to find out what, what happened to my pension. Well, we got to stop you right there. Cindy Hounsel, thank you so much for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. For Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. We thank you for listening, and you can catch us Saturdays at 7 a.m. and Sundays at noon on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and podcasts of all of our shows are available as well. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.